welcome to the Sexy Aging Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Minoknuku, and my goal is to bring you into conversations where we discuss what it means to be in midlife in today's age. We will be educated by experts in the health and wellness industries and inspired by incredible humans who have discovered their purpose and run with it. To ensure you don't miss out on future episodes, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. In fact, do that right now. Hit that button and let's get on with the show. It's crazy when you put a thought out into the world and it shows up. I was thinking, I want to talk to someone about sex and libido as a midlifer. Who can I talk to? And the universe connects me to Susan Jarvis. Susan is founder of the Spicy Boudoir website, offering pleasure products for the over 50s and minority groups. Susan also hosts her own podcast called The Maven's Private Diaries. Susan opens up that can of worms and demystifies the challenges with maintaining an exciting sex life as we age and how to bring intimacy back to your relationship. So let's talk about sex. Got it. So excited to meet with you today. So I have Susan Jarvis. Okay, quite a big introduction coming. Um, You are the Maven (laughs) from the Maven's Private Diaries podcast. I mean, that just caught me off uh, straight away. Mm -hmm. And you are the founder of the Spicy Boudoir website. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about sex today on Sexy Mm -hmm. Aging Podcast. And how I have come across you is I introduced a lovely fellow Australian, Sandy Davies. She dropped me an email that says, hey, look, I think you'll really want to catch up with Susan. I think you girls will have quite a titillating conversation. And I know you haven't talked about sex on Sexy Aging. I'm like, I was thinking about it, but I just didn't know where to go. And as soon as I tapped into your website and saw some of your really cool YouTube videos, checked out the kind of resources and conversations you're having through your podcast and your blogs, I was instantly inspired. And uh, here we are today. So welcome, Susan. Thank you. Wow, that's quite a fantastic introduction. And I'll just say off camera, thank you very much for having me here and giving me permission to swear because I'll, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure the odd, odd F bomb will pop out at some it's point. It's going down. And, <laughs> yes. and if anyone's continuing to follow or subscribe to Sexy Aging Podcast, then they know that's probably going to happen. We yeah. want to stay as authentic and true to ourselves in this amazing stage of our lives right Mm. so we can't apologize we've already done all the apologies and we've passed through all the bullshit so here you go there's the first one um here we are today um you also offer pleasure products for the over 50s and people living with disabilities i think that's unique and extra special and for a lot of people that will be like wow, I want to tap into that knowledge and find out a little bit more about that. So we'll be covering some of that today. Mm -hmm. I just want to say I did check the website, got my Christmas list sorted. (laughs) (laughs) I was sitting here and my husband sits next to me and I'm like, check this out. (laughs) So if any of the listeners want to know what I'm actually referring to, you will want to go to the Spicy Boudoir website. Awesome for Christmas. You're going to have an amazing Christmas and New Year's um, if you uh, tap in and find yourself a nice pleasurable toy there. Yes. And can I just on that note, (laughs) Tracy, 
I am based in Australia, but I can ship to New Zealand as well. Do you and, ship elsewhere? Uh, yeah. My plan is to expand into the States, hopefully right. towards middle of next year, but I can definitely ship over to New Zealand and um, Norfolk, Lord Howe. Oh, hello. Everyone in the islands <laughs> going to have a good time this Christmas. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah, I think we've been locked up numerous times, many parts of the world. And, mm. you know, a little bit of self-discovery um, can bring a bit of joy mm -hmm. into your life when you've got time on your hands. <laughs> I am throwing in way too many puns here. I think I really want to get you talking. Um, so you've got a really compelling background story mm. that links to where you're at today and I just want to open up the floor take as much time as you need to share a little bit about yourself um, your journey to where you are today mm -hmm. and um, what you're doing for us in sure. the world thank you well I can assure you that 15 years ago there's no way in a fit that I would ever think that here I would be the madam of a sex shop um, just wasn't even anywhere on my horizon. 15 years ago, I was in a marriage. Uh, I was very, very unhappy. Uh, my weight had got up to 165 kilos. I was undiagnosed with depression at that time. And my dear, dear friend of 20 odd years, uh, I'd seen her for a holiday in Brisbane and I got home and she sent me a, a beautiful card saying how worried she was that I would that she would soon be going to my funeral because I was just so, so unhappy and, and very unhealthy, like extremely unhealthy. And um, she thought that would be the end of our friendship. I rang her in tears and she thought I was calling, you know, to tell her to basically fuck off, how dare you? But I was calling to say thank you. Thank you for loving me so much. Thank you for trusting our friendship and thank you for telling me what I needed to hear. So that put me on a journey of discovery and growth and that was the catalyst moment. And then about a year later, sorry, around that time, I must say, I started walking and when 165 kilos, it is like carrying blocks of concrete around your legs I could only walk for about 15 minutes and I would be absolutely exhausted. But I eventually got up to walking for 45 minutes a day. My weight, and I changed what I was eating. I wouldn't say I was eating that badly, just wrong food choices and too much. Okay, simple math and not enough activity. So I got off the couch and walking Then I started going to the gym and then I started to swim. I also went to um, Dante Alighieri Society, which is Italian language classes, because I just needed something extra for my brain. I was working full time for a very large telecommunications company, and I won't say the name, but I don't think there's that many very large telecommunications companies. I had grown up in that company from, I had started there when I was 17 and a half. So I realized I had a bit of a blinkered view about life. And then one day uh, I read my star sign. It basically was my champagne moment. It made me realize that the only thing keeping my marriage together 
was our mortgage. And I made a decision to end the marriage. So that was around 2005. And by that time, I think I'd lost about 10, 15 kilos. And in the next 12 months post-separation, I, I lost 40 kilos, but I also, my father died and I was made redundant from my job. Most people, I think, would fall in a heap with redundancy, but I was just, it was like winning lotto. I, I received enough from my package that I could then go on to university full-time for 18 months. So I signed up and did bachelor psychology for a year and thought, oh, I like it, but it's just too clinical. I passed my stats. I was like, wow, but I wasn't getting excitement. So I changed over to social work and um, started working social work. Um, then I discovered into my degree while I was doing my prac that um, my knees had osteoarthritis from all that time being overweight. And I actually, after about six or eight weeks on my feet every day, I was in that much pain. I was having suicidal, suicidal thoughts and saw my GP. And uh, I didn't end up going back and finishing my prac. But that study in that prac time, that was a few years after separation. And at that time, I was in a new relationship. But I gave the first 12 months post-marriage, post my divorce, as time for me. I really needed to rediscover who I was, Tracy. I, I had lost myself in the marriage. And I made a concerted effort to explore my intellect, my cultural spirits, my spirituality, my femininity. I'd been celibate for three years in the marriage. So I, I decided I'm just going to, you know, remain celibate until I'm ready. So it was a good 12 months. And plus I had a teenage daughter as well. So I didn't want to create confusion for her. And as it turned out, the gentleman that I met, he was only meant to be my six-week lover but we ended up being together for nearly seven years so that was a bit of a journey uh, all journey of discovery I explored my sexuality during that time embraced my bisexuality which I had never given attention to and I just kept stepping into my greatness and stepping into the truth of who I am and, and when you do embrace who you are and live your truth every cell in your body vibrates with that positive you're not you know you're not going against have you ever held magnets and you know push them when they're polar opposite and they push away that's what it's like for your body i think when you don't embrace the truth of who you are and so here i am today living a fantastic life i have a a new partner um, about to get married, about to be a grandmother. And um, yes, the madam of a sex shop. And I'm here to help people tap into their sexual energy to help get over any shame that they might have grown up with um, and fear about dealing with their body. And as we age, you know, like look at me, I've got beautiful gray hair. It's amazing. I love it. It's, I, get, I catch women looking at me all the time. And I do want to say to women everywhere, it's okay to colour your hair. If that's what makes you happy, do it. But if you are considering going grey, 
go and get a good hairdresser to help you transition. Um, it, it's liberating and it's liberating financially because I'm now not paying three, four hundred dollars to color my hair. So, um, oh, I've lost track of where I was going. We've got caught up in my gray hair. Well, that's because I'm sitting back here going, your hair is fabulous and I absolutely love it. How do you get it like that? And now that I know that it's natural, I'm quite inspired. Mm. Um, it, I mean, you've covered so many amazing, I mean, I had my heart was racing at a couple of moments. Oh, really? There. Which part? Yeah, um, just about you embracing who you truly are, the part about the magnets. Mm. It's so true. That's such a good analogy to use because I feel like women and getting into midlife do have this moment where they wake up a lot of days with this feeling of life just isn't right. This is not who I'm meant to mm -hmm. be. I don't know who I'm meant to be. When you talk mm. about taking that time away to really find out who you are, mm. that's a luxury, isn't it? Isn't that amazing? It, look, I was yeah. so lucky to have mm. that time. That actually, that year between my marriage and um, my relationship with my previous partner, that was a year that I gave myself and my daughter. Yeah. And we look back at that time as a really special time of our lives. You know, we were batching together during yeah. that time. And, um, you know, that was the first time for me at university as well. So it was a real period of growth for both of us during yeah. that time. And I think, you know, to put the microscope or the magnifying glass over your own life, every now and then we all need to sit back and reflect on who we are, how we interact with others, and are we happy? Like, you know, are we making ourselves hum inside? And you don't just need a good vibrator to make <laughs> yourself hum. Yeah. Look, hey, and I'm only in this industry for the puns too, by the way. Yeah. So. Oh, I bring them. I can, and I don't even know I'm doing them half the time. <laughs> um, I have a couple of questions for you. Um, so how old is your daughter now and how does she feel about the industry that you're in? Interesting. Okay. Well, so she's a fully grown adult. Yes. She's 30 now. And um, we don't actually talk in depth about what I'm doing. She, I'll, I'll tell her about, you know, like, oh, I'm in that's life magazine at the moment yeah um or oh i've just been on nine honey uh or i've had this wonderful podcast and it's been successful things like that but um she knows the conversation is always there for when she needs to have it like i've talked to her about sex for a very long time <laughs> to the point where she's probably like oh I'm sick of hearing it yeah so you know yeah. I, I grew up uh, as a Catholic, not not a um, how do you call it? We were laid back Catholics, I guess. Yeah, so you um, go to church on Christmas and Easter. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. and I did my communion and confirmation, nice. and that's the last mm -hmm. time I was in church. Mm -hmm. um, but sex was never talked about in our um, childhood. I didn't even know I had a vagina, Tracy. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> And please, everyone, put your hand up if you did this too. I took a tampon out of mum's drawer in the bathroom and I tried to put it in my vagina, but I was inserting it in the wrong hole. <laughs> yeah. Trying to put it up my bottom. Yeah. And uh, I was like, didn't even know about the vagina at all. And I remember when I got my period, 
I didn't tell mum. I was I told my sister. Yeah. The older sister. And it was never discussed. And I came home from school one day in high school. And on my pillow was this book, Everything a Teenage Girl Should Know. So but yeah. you're actually not the first guest that I've had that has said literally the same story. So their conversation with their parents or their mother, as you would kind of expect, was a book dropped on the side. And and just let me know if you've got any questions. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's very similar for me. When I was growing up, um, mm. uh, we got our information through school. Mm. And so mum signed the signed the form that said that I can go to the talk (laughs) and and that was pretty much it yeah and but it's not like it hasn't been like that for my teenage daughter um we talk about we talk about everything all the time and Mm. particularly the period talk like she'll wake up and tell the whole family oh I've got my period today so Mm. you guys stay away you know she'll just like it's like um you know I've got a cold or I'm not feeling it today so you know just be kind to me and I think that's amazing. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's changed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's the same. That conversation needs to happen in adult life yeah. as well. And um, with so uh, many things, <laughs> you know, from yes, I have, I'm due to have my period. I'm feeling particularly bloated at the moment or fragile. Um, but also to be conscious of that our perceptions of people around us change when yeah. we're in that state of um, PMT. Yeah. but also with menopause as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so, yes, we we just keep it, it's there. And <laughs> she knows that one day I might become extremely famous, but I'm never going to put my tits on national television. Okay, we've heard that here right now. <laughs> Note to self. Um yeah, so it'll go on the internet first, and that's how I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to move along into the conversation on midlifers, and mm-hmm. not specifically menopausal women. I've had loads and loads of conversations around menopause, mm-hmm. um, and they've been incredibly enlightening, especially for myself. I'm not an expert in that space, but I am going through that phase of my life. Mm-hmm. I see the glass half full. I'm a positive person. So I mm-hmm. see like you that life is to be lived and you should not be doing anything you don't want to be doing in this mm-hmm. stage of life or any stage of life, but it takes us that long to figure it out. And I, I can hear the clock ticking, but it's a positive ticking. It's like, get up, do the thing that makes the biggest difference, that brings joy into mm-hmm. your life and do not stop until you skid into the grave, right? (laughs) Right? So we have that Mm. similarity. So talking about midlifers, um, and you also help minority groups understand sexuality and the importance of remaining sexual beings. Now, midlife women coming up against these hormonal changes, massive drop in load and libido. So a conversation that women hesitate to have both with their partners, which is super sad, mm. and with their doctors, is that they aren't feeling it. They've lost their mojo. They can't think of anything worse than having sex. So what's your experience with women in these conversations? Mm-hmm. Well, I've walked a similar path. Uh, a few years ago, I felt that my sexuality had packed up shop, pulled the shutters down, and that was it. Uh, I just didn't 
even get an ounce of feeling to say I was horny or that I wanted to be intimate or sexual or loving even. And that was a bit of a shock to me because most of my life, even when I was married and living in a sexless marriage, I still felt that instantaneous arousal and mm. desire that I wanted mm. to have sex. So, you know, when, when I realised, oh, Susan, you're feeling a little bit flat here, I did some research and I was only at the very beginning of my business journey with the Spicy Boudoir. And so I started to dive deep and I discovered that there's multitude of research papers out there studying the female arousal and and yes when when we're younger pre-menopausal uh, or pre-perimenopausal all those hormones are from that activate our drive to procreate are a big driver towards our arousal and that does it depletes and changes and lessens as those hormones um, taper off. So a clitoris, though, doesn't shrivel up and fall off. It's still there. It's still connected to our nervous system. It's still yeah. connected to our blood vessels. And it's still up here. And this is where my clitoris actually lives, is in my head. Then I've got another one in my heart. And then there's the physical clitoris between my legs in my vulva so what I learned through research and study and having an interest in making sure that I, I maintain the benefits of orgasm because I know it's it's the best drug on the market and recently there's a little voice audio of me saying this and I'll say it here too I don't do drugs but I do orgasms and I get stoned okay and you, and you can too so you, we just need to understand that we don't have that instantaneous automatic desire anymore. It's now responsive. Yeah. And it, and it takes time. And for me, and every woman is different, but for me, I need this clitoris to be fired up first before my physical clitoris gets aroused. So what I need is I need words and sound sound is like a big amplifier yeah. you know there's nothing more sexy than someone moaning in your ear telling you oh you're gorgeous and I just want to you know Grr. so I need that yeah I need, I need touch I need kissing kissing for me is a gate a gateway drug and I like to you know starting slow and building up to that deep passion um, my erogenous zones you start touching and playing with them and, you know, within usually 20 minutes, and I'm not talking five minutes, I'm talking 20 minutes, I'm feeling, oh, yes, come on. Yeah. And, and that's how we need to start when we get older. And, and what a quality way of starting to have sexual intimacy rather yeah. than bang, 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 or how about it? Are you up for it? I'll be up for it if you invest time in me. And so just going back to having that conversation I held on to my frustration for some time and like you always think oh, I need to try to be a sexy woman in bed or to be an instigator to have sex 
And it was like I was pretending to be interested. And so I, I just had to let it out. And I just basically opened up and told my partner how I was feeling. I said, I just feel my body has shut down. I don't have any interest in being sexual. I have a very dry vulva. I was going through a really uh, period here of um, dryness to the point where my vulva felt like leather and it was painful. And just going back to Sandy, Sandy Mm. Davies, Happy Pores, which is her beautiful product for lubrication or natural lubrication, wasn't on the market back then. And I just wish it had been. Yeah. Because it's sensational. So, but having the the courage to tell my partner, I love you and I want to show my love sexually, but at the moment I've just got no interest. That was a big kickstart for change. Yeah, we're actually similar. So yeah, yeah, I had a I have I've been married 20 years this year. And yeah, a few years ago, I Uh, once I knew that I was perimenopause or once I knew that my hormones were affecting me in this way and I and I loved my husband as much as Mm. ever but I didn't physically ever feel like showing him once I knew that I had the words and the science and the and the proof that I wasn't a freak (laughs) (laughs) um it was really really enlightening for both of us and we had Mm. like such an awesome conversation around what does this mean for me, what do I need to feel mm. like I could be intimate? What can, what else can I do um, physically, mentally, emotionally? How mm. can he support me? So because he's been so open and now he knows like everything about perimenopause. That's great. <laughs> um, he fully understands like how difficult it can be mm. for women to want to. It's not like we don't want to in our head. We remember that time, right? You remember mm. the time when you just literally couldn't keep your hands off each other, mm. and um, and then and then you try to remember, like, why do not, I not feel like that anymore when we've had this massive history, and then know that you know the hormones are actually causing a big mm. part of that. The next part is to really accept that there is a way through it, and there are amazing people like you and Sandy and open-minded doctors, and in my case, HRT. (laughs) So not everyone can take HRT. I've said this and I've covered it a few times on the podcast episodes, but it has been an absolute game changer for me. Mm -hmm. And my my libido has definitely shifted into a much happier gear. (laughs) Yeah. And you're right, it's different for everybody. Yeah. You know, but having that, the freedom of dialogue and compassion for each other, yeah is essential and communication skills I mean we're not always taught how to express our desire and our want and our need in a positive way and the other group of resources out there Tracy and everybody is sexologists yeah and if you're looking for a great sexologist go and look at what their communication programs are because that's the foundation. It's not about how good you can touch somebody's clit or how good yeah. you can touch someone's penis. It's how good can you communicate your need and respond and listen to somebody else's. Yeah. That is the key to truly great sex. Yeah. So, that sounds amazing. Enjoying. But it is well, awesome. But it actually sounds really scary. So when I think about my audience or people out there listening, I think that 
intellectually they know what you're saying. I think it's getting started. It's fear, isn't it? It's fear of rejection. It's the fear of, okay, I'm going to have this conversation with my mm. significant other and I don't know how they're going to respond. Mm. Well, right? just on rejection, this is actually uh, something I've learned during when I was single and I was dating. I just, I learned that rejection is just but a fleeting moment, mm. whereas your regret will last forever unless you can repair the regret. So fuck rejection just do it don't be scared of rejection yeah and, and and yes having those conversations can be quite painful and it might instigate um other other reasons or other um questions might be raised in the relationship but what's worse yeah you know living in a, a life where you constantly does he want to have sex tonight what am I going to do I don't feel like it just get it out there. And the other thing that I'm going to just beat on about this, we need to all stop thinking about sex as being a penis in a vagina. Yeah. Because sex is so much more. It's it's that deep eye gazing. It's conversation. It's touch. It's pleasuring each other. Just forget about bonking. It's Yeah. That's old. <laughs> so yesterday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I also want to get back to, um, you know, what you do as a madam for a sex shop and um, and, this, and the wares that you sell online. Um, with midlifers or middle-aged women and men, um, what are they looking for? Uh, they're probably obviously looking for some advice. Mm. And what's the most common um, way that you can help and support people that are trying to reignite that spark or find that mojo back in themselves they obviously know that they want to make a change so how do you help them make the change okay well firstly it's education because many people in our generation I'm 54 and I'm dealing with people normally from 50 up to 65 75 haven't had that education around sex and sexuality they don't understand the importance of lubrication. They don't understand how their anatomy works as well. So I talk to people. I have uh, just, I went looking for it before. I have a 3D model of a clitoris here, which my beautiful partner printed for me. We've got a 3D printer here. Wow. And our clitoris is actually like an iceberg. What we can see is just the very, very tip. And there's a whole... Um, reign of or domain of pleasure sitting under our vulva which expands and gets engorged during arousal and orgasm so I talk about anatomy I talk about the different types of products that can help someone say if they have difficulty experiencing orgasm either male or female what type of product can help them get over those hurdles but usually, Tracy, it's conversations around attitude and acceptance of their body and acceptance that it's okay to be sexual. We are sexual beings and, you know, it's, it's a part of our spirituality and there's an energy for us to tap into. So that's the type of conversations that I have. It's reassurance, knowledge, 
and someone to confide in as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, people are so lucky if they come up and meet you and have, I'm sure that they have very enlightened discussions mm -hmm. and you must, you must feel pretty good about what you contribute to the world, helping people tap I into do. their sexuality. It's, it's pretty awesome. And you also, you not you not only work with midlifers, you work with people with disabilities, you work with um, people working out their sexuality if they've decided that their way that they live today is truly not how they want to live the rest of their lives. So um, you're an amazing human being. Thank you. Thank you. I feel very privileged when people trust me and choose me to talk to about yeah. their intimacy and their sex life yeah I mean it's a massive trust are. thing isn't it because obviously we're still dealing with shame and shouldn't mm. really talk about these things and shouldn't really talk about it with someone else that I don't know and mm. you know <laughs> there's still all of that isn't there mm. yeah right. yeah so I want to wrap up today's really awesome conversation with um we're inspired by you but who inspires you well, I have two heroes. One, um, I have loved this woman my whole life, even, even as a child. Do you know Maggie Tabra? I haven't heard of Maggie Tabra, okay. but I will be looking her up after this. All right. So Maggie Tabra, just for your listeners, she's an Australian woman. She's an icon of Australian fashion. She started out as a model, yeah. um, became an editor for Australian Women's Weekly, for many many years has had fashion or day you know interior decor shows on television and oh, it must be just after I ended my marriage I was in a secondhand bookshop and I picked up her autobiography for like three dollars I said oh I'll, I'll read that and it was one of the best reads I've ever had and she's very open about her sex life and who she was yeah. as a woman and it was a woman living life on her terms. So I'd have to say I've modelled who I am on a little bit of Maggie Tabra. Also, Maggie reminded me of my mother. They had very similar facial features, both beautiful women. The other woman who I was just talking to before I joined you is my, um, I guess you could say mentor almost, uh, her name is Joan Price. I totally recommend that you interview Joan Tracy. I've written it jo down. Yeah. <laughs> Joan is in the States and she is a senior sexuality advocate. I first met Joan when I was researching my business and trying to find the courage to go live. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, trying to find the courage to tell mum, oh, mum, by the way, yeah. <laughs> I'm opening a sex shop. I came across Joan and here's this wonderful woman, 72 years of age, talking all about sex and educating seniors about sex. Yeah. And I just thought, well, if she can do it, I can do this and, and tell mum that it's okay. And um, Joan is just fabulous. She's one of the most amazing women I know and the main reason I started my business and, and who I am today as Susan the Maven. Yeah. So, yeah, so I highly recommend everybody look up joanprice.com yep. and um, Google Maggie Tabra, T-A-B-B-E-R. 
I'll yeah. put both of those uh, incredible women in the show notes and um, the links to find out who they are and all about them. So I think they'll be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good for us as well, because we need when we listen to someone that inspires us, you, I automatically go to who inspired you, you know, mm. so it's nice to share and put it out there in the world. Mm. Susan, thank you so much for your time today. And I have popped the cherry with my first sex talk on the podcast. There'll be more. <laughs> well, I'm going to dial into Joan. <laughs> so thank you thank so you. much. You're welcome, Tracy. Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sexy Aging. Every episode leaves me feeling more educated and inspired. If there is a topic that you would like to hear about or a person you believe would make a great guest for Sexy Aging, then drop me an email, tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, at sexyaging.com or direct message to the Sexy Aging Instagram or Facebook accounts.